Welcome back to the Merkle Treehouse. It's been a busy week and we have a lot to talk about, so let's f***ing go. This week has been trying for U.S. banks. Over the weekend, Janet Yellen said that there is no chance of bailouts for SVB investors. Obviously, this was a transitory observation, as within six hours, regulators were hatching a plan to create a backstop to keep banks solvent. However, President Biden says this does not meet the dictionary definition of bailout. Oh, brother, Morton Anger is in Silicon Valley with the latest. Mort? This is Morton Anger reporting from Silicon Valley, where I'm currently standing in a bank lobby filled with anxious customers who are worried about the safety of their funds. The mood here is tense. And it's clear that people are deeply concerned about the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank and its impact on their financial future. Folks, let me tell you what's really going on with this whole Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank debacle. It's just another example of traditional finance failing us all. And once again, the insiders are getting bailed out at the expense of the average American. President Biden may say that this isn't a bailout. But changing the definition of a bailout doesn't change the fact that these banks were in trouble and needed government help to stay afloat. And who pays for it in the end? You and me, my friends. The poor and the middle class will bear the brunt of the consequences while the wealthy get to keep their profits. This is why we need a new system, one that isn't controlled by the same old players who keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. Bitcoin may be one solution, but regardless of what system we choose, we need to move away from this broken traditional finance model that rewards the few at the expense of the many. It's time to demand more from our financial institutions. We need transparency, accountability, and a focus on risk management, not just on making a quick buck. The government shouldn't be propping up failed banks. It should be creating an environment where businesses can thrive and succeed on their own merit. So let's stop pretending that this isn't a bailout and start demanding better from our financial system. Let's create a future where everyone has a fair shot at success, not just the chosen few. Thank you and good day. Thank you, Mort. Keep us informed as this story develops. We're facing a dilemma in the banking system. Raise interest rates to fight inflation, but risk unintended consequences like bank failures or print more money and worsen inflation. The contagion is spreading and it's unclear how far it will go. Emergency after emergency created by our debt-driven economy will ultimately result in the death of cash and usher in the age of the central bank digital currency as the government comes to the rescue like the arsonist firefighter. Bitcoin is the only thing that stands in the way of CBDCs and complete fiat enslavement. We take you now to Eli's corner where Eli will explain to us what CBDCs are. Eli? Hi, my name is Eli. I want to tell you about something called CBDC, or Central Bank Digital Currency. Imagine a big candy factory that makes all the candies in the world. Now, the factory owner wants to create a new kind of candy that he can control completely. He calls it a special candy and says that it's better than all the other candies. But in order to make this special candy, he needs to know everything about the people who buy and eat the candies. He wants to know how much candy you eat when you eat it, and where you buy it. This way, he can control the candy and the people who buy it. Bitcoin is like a special candy too, but it's different. It's like a candy that's made by everyone in the world, not just one big factory owner. 
Nobody can control it because everyone works together to make sure it stays good. You can buy it and use it without anyone knowing anything about you. It's like a secret candy that you can share with your friends, and nobody can take it away from you. Now some people want to make a new kind of money called CBDC. It's like a special money made by the government. They say it's good for you, but they also want to know everything about you when you buy it. They want to control how you use it and who you give it to. It's not like Bitcoin because they control it, not you. It's like a candy that the government gives you, but they can take it away whenever they want. That's why Bitcoin is better than CBDC. Now, you might be thinking, that's not so bad Eli. But here's the thing, CBDC is controlled by the government. That means they can decide who gets to have money and who doesn't. And they can even take away your money if they want to. But with Bitcoin, it's different. No one can take away your Bitcoin because it's decentralized. That means there's no one person or group who can control it. It's like having your own piggy bank that no one else can touch. So if you want to keep your money safe and not have to worry about someone else taking it away, Bitcoin is the way to go. Okay, bye. Thank you, Eli. And now we send you over to Bitcoin historian Pinto Pete. Pinto? Well, looky here, boys. My Bitcoin people are back with us on the internet. We're just here sitting by the fire on a cool starry night. All my buddies are gathered around and we're harmonizing and just a strumming and just a fiddling and we're just having a good old time. We have a pot of beans stewing over the fire. I tell you, it don't get no better than this. Now let me regale y'all with the tale of how Bitcoin sprang forth from the efforts of some of the most brilliant minds of the early internet era, the cypherpunks. In the late 80s and early 90s, a group of tech-savvy individuals got together with a common goal of using cryptography to protect personal freedom and privacy. They called themselves the cypherpunks, and they believed that the Internet was the key to creating a world where people could transact and communicate without the interference of Big Brother or Big Business. One of the main players in this movement was a fellow named Timothy May, who wrote a manifesto called the Crypto-Anarchist Manifesto. In it, he argued that cryptography was a powerful tool that could be used to create a world where every person had complete control over their own life and where no government or corporation could interfere. Another smart fellow on the scene was Wei Dai, who came up with a precursor to Bitcoin called B-Money. He proposed a system where folks could use cryptography to agree on transactions and the creation of new units of currency. Fast forward to 2008, and a dude by the name of Satoshi Nakamoto emerged with a white paper called Bitcoin, a peer-to-peer electronic cash system. In this paper, Nakamoto combined many of the ideas of the cypherpunks, including cryptography, decentralization, and peer-to-peer networking, to create a newfangled type of digital currency that could run without the need for intermediaries like banks. And that, my friends, is the story of how Bitcoin came to be, thanks to the gumption and smarts of these early cypherpunks. It just goes to show that with a little know-how and a shared vision, a small group of folks can create something that shakes the world to its core. So if someone tells you only criminals use Bitcoin, you tell them they are full of beans. Bitcoin is used by the righteous few, revolutionaries at heart, disaffected by the status quo. They are the last and best defense against fiat enslavement. Bitcoiners are the best that humanity has to offer, and our numbers are growing. Thank you kindly for listening. Now, speaking of beans, I believe this batch is done. Time to eat up, boys. Thank you, Pinto. 
We go now to Laughaholics Anonymous in Trenton, New Jersey for the triumphant return of Sammy Nash. Hey folks, did you hear about Silicon Valley Bridge Bank collapsing? Yeah, the former CEO stepped down, but it's unclear why. Maybe he finally realized he was in the wrong line of work and wanted to pursue his true passion, baking bread. But don't worry, they've got a new CEO now named Tim Mayopoulos, who's encouraging customers to redeposit their funds into the bank as part of a secure deposit diversification strategy. Sounds fancy, doesn't it? Basically, it's just a fancy way of saying, please don't take your money out all at once or we're screwed. And while we're on the topic of screwing, the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Justice Department are both investigating the collapse. I mean, it's unclear what they're looking for, but if they're anything like my ex-girlfriend, they'll find something to blame me for. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Silicon Valley Bank also has a joint venture in China called SVB Asia Pacific Innovation Fund. And you know what they say, when one bank fails, there's always another bank to fall. But don't worry, I'm sure the Chinese tech elite will bail them out. Or maybe they'll just switch to Bitcoin. Have you heard of it? Apparently it's the new secure deposit diversification strategy. <laughs> Moody's Investor Service also slashed its outlook for the U.S. banking sector and placed six banks on review for potential credit rating downgrades. Wow, way to kick a bank when it's down. It's like a Yelp review, but for banks. But hey, at least U.S. stocks closed higher on Tuesday after recovering from the bank collapses. Maybe investors are finally starting to realize that putting all your trust in a handful of banks might not be the best idea. Maybe they'll start investing in something more stable, like Bitcoin. Yeah, I said it, Bitcoin. The currency that can't be collapsed by a bunch of bankers in suits. They call Bitcoin freedom money. And I get it, because with fiat currency, it feels like we're all just slaves to the system, you know? But with Bitcoin, it's like we're finally breaking free. We're like those birds in the opening scene of The Lion King, just soaring through the air with no worries or cares. Except for the price volatility, of course. But hey, nothing in life is perfect, right? Thank you and good night. Thank you, Sammy, and welcome back. Nice to hear from you again. And that wraps it up for this episode of The Merkle Treehouse. Join us again next Sunday as we bring the latest and greatest of Bitcoin Mindshare. Remember, keep your money hard, your heart soft, and have a little fun sometimes. Special thanks to Horace Morris and the Merkle Treehouse Band. Send us all home, fellas. The views and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect the views or positions of the Merkle Treehouse or its producers. Except when they do. Thank you.